6.49 is the time. And what a tragedy to lose Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth on the weekend. He died uh, at home in hospice care at the age of 56. And it was the result of alcohol abuse. And he destroyed his liver and ultimately you know, passes away at the very, very young age of 56. Uh, also, Jimmy Buffett on the weekend. We should throw a little Jimmy Buffett around somewhere this morning. Nick Mayorano, pay tribute. It's a few people are their own genre. There are a few, and uh, I, you know, guess it could be kind of one of those games you play in the car if somebody amounts to a genre of their own. And I'm trying to think of some other artists like that where they just, you know, Jimmy Buffett is like a whole channel on satellite, basically. So, uh, enough memorializing past musicians. Let's move into the world of tech. It is a Tech Tuesday, and Carmi Levy is here. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John. No, I have no musical capability whatsoever. So no way. Yeah, no, I used no. to be able to sing. I haven't sung in so long, I don't know if I could. Uh, I'll spare you. Okay. So let's talk about the latest spasm when it comes to the spat between the federal government and Google and Meta. The government's come up with a, a payment formula. I don't think they're going to go for it. No, instead of having them negotiate with individual media platforms, you know, this is how much we're going to pay you for carrying your content on our platforms. They've come up with a, a, a number, uh, $172 million that Google would pay and $62 million that Meta would pay to satisfy the criteria of the law. Uh, and because one of the big worries that these companies had was that, well, we're just going to, it's just going to be an open checkbook. There's not going to be any limit on how much we're going to pay. We could be in it for billions. So this addresses that. It also makes it easier if other companies come along, because right now, based on the, 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 the letters of the law, it only applies to Meta and Google. But if other companies come along, they were concerned, well, we're just going to be in negotiations with all these different media companies for the rest of our lives. So they made it very clear, only the these companies for now, perhaps others later on. For example, perhaps Threads or Twitter slash X uh, would be included, but right now they're not. Uh, but of course, already both companies are coming back saying, eh, sorry, Feds, not enough. Uh, they're still calling it fundamentally flawed. Google says it will still negotiate, but Meta essentially has not moved. So nice try, Ottawa, not nowhere near enough. Okay, so I barely know how to change fonts on my computer, so help me out here. There's a Facebook setting you can adjust that will deny Meta your data for AI. Yes. Uh, so it's buried so deep in Facebook's help center that uh, I tried for half an hour to find it first by going down the menus, then by searching, and I couldn't. Uh, eventually, I was able to find it online. Somebody shared it. I have shared it on my social feed. So check me out on Twitter or threads. It's all there. Basically, they buried it so deep, nobody would find it. But it allows you to fill out this form. It's called Generative AI Data Subject Rights. And it allows you to tell Meta, do not use my data to share share with third parties so that they train their AI models, which is kind of important. You don't want stuff in your social feeds being used by someone else for God knows whatever purpose. So uh, that's an important thing to fill out. It asks you for some information, name, email address, country of residence. It's a nice start. The problem here is 
it assumes that your name and email address and all that information will be in that data to begin with. They don't tell you quite how it works. And it only applies to third-party data, not data that you're already sharing with Meta, like on Facebook, on Instagram, on Threads. So uh, nowhere near enough. But if we're going to start protecting ourselves in the age of AI, we've got to start by using forms like this, even if they're wildly imperfect. Okay. And tell me about how uh, Google Meets New AI will be able to go to meetings for you. So I don't have to go to the meeting. Somebody else can. Technically, you don't. So it's a new technology. It's called Duet AI. And basically what it allows you to do, if you can't attend a meeting, uh, the app, you can tell it, I'm not going to be there. And the app will will essentially take notes in real time and then deliver a summary uh, as well as action items from those notes. Uh, essentially listen for you and not just take the notes, but, but sort of pull it together and say, this is what they said. This is what people need to do. It sounds great in theory. The problem here is, is what happens if everybody in a meeting decides, well, I'm just going to use Duet AI and I'm not going to attend the meeting. Well, if you do that, uh, the AI will have a bit of a hissy fit uh, and it will cancel the meeting for everyone. Ooh. So at least somebody has to attend. There has to be some human human sort of involvement there. It sounds great. I mean, in some cases, if you're double booked, uh, if your kid gets sick and you can't be there, it's a really great way to kind of fill in the gaps. But the problem, like all technologies, is there is potential for abuse. Uh, and I think we have to kind of be aware of that. This should help us be better at work, not replace us being at work. Okay. Well, it's interesting because uh, the hours on our show, as you may know, have changed. We're now 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And on Mondays, there's always a meeting with the boss at 9.30. So I won't be able to attend that anymore, but I could dispatch this program to go and take notes as opposed to just getting Joe to tell me what happened. Exactly. So AI John will be able to be there for the meeting, and then you'll be able to pick up those notes after and then act on it. The 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 thing that sort of we need to kind of be aware of is this only works right now on Google Meets. So if you're using Google's kind of, you know, collaboration software, it, it'll be there for you. If you're not, uh, it isn't. Zoom does have something somewhat similar, just not as sophisticated. But we're in kind of that post-pandemic era where we're starting to really dig into the feature set of all these collaboration apps like Zoom, like Google Meets meet like Microsoft Teams. And so they're really starting to add features that as we move into what I like to call hybrid work mode, yeah. uh, they're getting a lot more sophisticated and a lot of them are AI powered. It is fascinating to me how much we're changing the whole nature of workplace interaction. It is. And I mean, sometimes you know, it, it, it's funny, some, like, and I use these these tools extensively, the you know, company that I work for uses Microsoft Teams. And sometimes you sort of think they're, they're great to have. It allows us to do things that we simply couldn't do. It got us through the pandemic. But sometimes I just want to turn off all the technology, get on my bike and go to the office and just hang out with my colleagues because there still is no replacement for those, you know, in office hallway conversations, the things that you learn when you just bump into somebody. Uh, no AI is ever going to replace that uh, as much as we wish it would. Okay. And maybe, you know, eventually AI will get into the gossip business and that'll cover everything else from the corridors <laughs> and the water cooler. So well, it's only a matter of time, John, you know, that <laughs> seems like so many of the stories you and I talk about are about AI. And uh, you've got another one today about uh, drone racers. University of Zurich, they put uh, some some you know, high tech cameras and a neural network right on a, a drone and they call it the Swift AI piloting system. They partnered with Intel, the folks who make the chips inside of our computers, and then they pitted it against 
three uh, three world championship drone racers. They did this a couple of years ago against amateurs, and they beat the amateurs. They were able to fly through a set course faster than the human drone flyers could, but they were just amateurs. This time, these are the world's best. And basically, what they've done is they've they've replaced what used to be very cumbersome technology with something that is that is embedded right on the device. It studies the path uh, that it needs to take, and it essentially plots its space in three dimension in its position in three dimensional space in real time uh and it does it better than any human can it sounds like it's just fun and games and that's what i thought when i first saw this story but they said no this isn't they're using uh drone racing which is a thing a huge thing billion dollar industry they're using it as a way of testing out the technology uh shortening the training cycles and then using it in other applications because drones have limited battery power uh you know if you're fighting a fire you need to make that drone fly further fly faster so search and rescue firefighting forest monitoring space exploration even uh, and film production all of these areas drones can now fly better further faster and this technology potentially will save lives too not just play better games yeah and at the risk of marveling once again my goodness technology uh, but i have yeah. to say i'll watch golf for example on a weekend and i'll look at a shot and i'll think not a sh golf shot but a, a video shot and i'll think that's a drone yeah, and, and it changes the way that we interact with things, right? It gives us new perspectives uh, and, and quite frankly, makes what used to be somewhat, you know, something somewhat boring. I can't wait to see, uh, you know, a drone shot at a baseball game. I'd love to see those things flying in Rogers Center. Blue Jays, if you're listening, please make that happen because it just makes it even cooler. And it gives me another reason to watch the ball game. Sign me up. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Thanks, John. That's Carmi Levy, our tech expert on a Tech Tuesday. Tomorrow will be a White Coat Wednesday, so Dr. Mitch Shulman will be here with his favorite medical stories of the week. We've got a busy show today, and the next half hour is no exception.